Corpo MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey, welcome in, everybody. How's it going? That's right, I'm clapping here in the studio by myself. Thank you guys for joining me. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Key for Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. So why don't you go there right now? I will save you the long read that I'm about to do. I'm just going to say go to keyforinktesting.com, click on the RMATVMC banner slash widget. Live your life, continue to do your shopping, and that gives us a little bit, just a little bit, a slice of what you guys are purchasing, and it helps us out huge, keeps this thing up and moving, makes Mrs. Kiefer happy, makes Rocky Mountain happy, and you guys are happy because you guys are saving some money, and you're helping the cause. So thank you guys for doing that. I appreciate it. FXRRacing.com. Go check out the new limited edition Revo gear. There's all different kinds of colors, and yes, this is a pre-order only, and even though the website says May, you'll be getting this stuff in April, so uh, I would say end of April. I'm going to open that can of worms right now. End of April, go to fxrracing.com, do yourself a favor, use the code, there is a nice code for you guys, 30% off. How many other media outlets out there give you 30% off gear? Nowhere, right here, key for ink, KKMX35, that is KKMX35, all caps, that'll save you 30, 35, save you 30%, I don't know why they gave me a 35 code, but 30% off when you use the code KKMX35 at fxrracing.com, limited edition Revo gear, I am a fan of uh, a couple colorways, the red and blue and white you can mix and match jerseys. There is a red pant with a white and red jersey. That's awesome. I love that. And, of course, you guys have seen the ads. If you guys follow FXR Moto on social, the orange and white and black. If you're a KTM guy, holy shit, that looks good. You get a white helmet. Woo! White 6D FXR ATR2. Holy mother. It's good. And while you're at it, if you guys want to save some money over at 6D Helmets, Use the code Kiefer21 to save 100 bucks off of ATR2 or ATR1. Lots of savings on this show. We try to do it for you uh, because, quite frankly, I'm not made of money and neither are you, right? Because if you're made of money, probably ain't listening to the show. You're probably just buying a bunch of shit. Racetech, get your engine and suspension serviced over at the guys at Racetech. Go to Racetech.com. Email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com or you can enter the code Kiefer21 over at sales at racetech.com, and that'll save you some dough as well. So all of these guys here are supporting. They're great companies. They wouldn't be on this show if they weren't. And, of course, if you guys want to go race, I always throw this in here, OregonOldTimers.com. I'm old, but I still like to go racing. Still love it. Still love to battle with some of my, uh, my peers in my 40s. 
Doesn't matter, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, OregonOldTimers.com. They're racing. Let's go have some fun together. The next race, Fernley, Nevada, March 20th and 21st. The next one after that, Glen Helen. Hey, I'll be there. Glen Helen, April 10th and 11th. And then the next weekend, my favorite track right now to ride, Mesquite, Nevada. If you guys haven't been to Mesquite, holy shit, that dirt is awesome. It's like East Coast dirt. I love it. April 17th and 18th, Mesquite. Let's go race in OregonOldTimers.com. In case I screwed that up, OregonOldTimers.com. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. Another edition here, and this time we're doing a little bit of off-road. You guys are talking shit and saying, hey, Kiefer, you don't do enough off-road. I live in the desert. And uh, I'm not going to argue with you guys. I uh, don't do enough of off-road, but there's so much moto stuff to get to, and I am more moto driven i'm not going to lie to you i uh, started my career i don't say career started my uh two-wheeled life in the desert right parents going to uh, off-road races my dad raced barstow to vegas uh, my mom had an odyssey uh, she wasn't able to walk so we'd stick her in the odyssey and she'd go cruise around with us me and my sister and our family would just be out in the desert as many weekends as we could during the year, and that's when I kind of fell in love with dirt bikes and racing, and my dad raced. I just wanted to be like my dad. So I would race uh, District 37, Heron Hounds, European Scrambles, uh, Grand Prix. I did a lot of works, did a lot of uh, Big Six, and uh, turned into my teenage years, and I turned more moto-centric just because uh, it was a little bit cheaper on my dad's wallet because desert racing really screws things up. So, yes, yeah, so uh, I'm old now. Don't get out as much as I used to, and uh, I'm kind of a prima donna. I only go ride up in the hills in the des when it's wet. But that is until I have a test. I got to do some stuff. And this bike, the 2021 Husqvarna TX300i, that's right, TX, not a TE, TX300i, direct inject, two-stroke, brought me out. Got me off of my ass up in the hills, up in some tight stuff. Well, West Coast type stuff, right? When I'm talking East Coast. And uh, did a little test, did a little evaluation. I'm here to talk about it today. Uh, I'm going to break down some settings, things that I like, things that I didn't like as much, and who this bike is for. So what this bike is all about. It's a 2021 TX300i. Some of you guys uh, have emailed me about this, and is this the right bike for you? Yes, it is a closed-course-only motorcycle, unlike the TE. The TX is more built towards GNCC, Big Six, uh, some of these off-road racers that are closed-course-only, and they're sanctioned, and you don't need a spark arrestor, but all of that is easy to fix. You can buy an aftermarket spark arrestor, uh, silencer, and that could uh, easily be different. You can go race it. Over at, uh, you know, Dish 37, Heron Hounds. We tried doing this last year on a different one. And uh, Michael Allen, my off-road guy, uh, he actually liked this bike a lot. We did some creft suspension on it. and uh, But that was more the TE side. This is the TX side, which we haven't really rode until this year. So, six-speed transmission. It is not a wide-ratio transmission like the TE. It is still a close um it's a close ratio transmission, similar to the TC on the 250, 18-inch AT81 uh, rear tire and AT81 front tire. Um, 
just in case you guys don't know, Dunlop is a sponsor of the show right now, and uh, I am free. I have uh, concurred with this on Dunlop's side. I am free to talk about things I like and dislike about Dunlop. You guys know I'm not a huge fan of the 33 front tire, but I am a huge fan of the 3S, which is still out there. The AT81 is a fairly good off-road tire at times. I don't like it when it's uh, super rocky, but um, sandy, um, intermediate terrain, this AT81 tire is very good. I'm just not a huge fan of it in the rock. seems to deflect a little bit. But Dunlop, that's the beauty about Dunlop. They make all different types of tires. You can go back to a MX-33. You can go to a MX-53, which I have better luck with the MX-53 on the front on this bike. This is what I did too. The TX300i. I put an MX53 front, ran an AT81 rear, and I like that combo for uh, what I am riding out here in uh, near the hills of Asperia, California. Our terrain is, uh, if I can explain to you guys, are on the East Coast. I know some of you guys on the West Coast know what I'm talking about, but we have uh, rocky, dry, loose dirt, flowy single track. Not a lot of roots. So most of you East Coast guys are rooty, snotty, and wet slick. We are more dry slick out here. But nonetheless, we do have some really good trails. I love to test on these trails when it comes to off-road. Uh, I go up in the hills, and Larry Rossler and Ty Davis laid out some really tight technical trails way back in the day. And they're still around if you know where you're going. And those are the trails that I seem to be uh, gravitated towards when I test these bikes because... I like to feel how heavy they are, how they maneuver, how much bottom in, how it lugs. And uh, these types of conditions can relate to you guys on the snotty East Coast side. You need a bike that has traction, it lugs, um, doesn't spool up as fast. So these are the things that I think about when I test, and uh, that is where I seem to go. But that is the conditions, the dirt that we have ride in, and Dunlop seems to have uh, at least a tire for each kind of condition out there. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there in case you guys are missing some of those commercials and you guys are missing the Dunlop commercial. They are new to our show, and uh, we should thank them because uh, they do a lot for us in the sport. Trust me, they're, they're all over the place, Supercross, off-road. They sport amateur racing, and it's a good company. All right, so uh, Magura Hydraulic Clutch and Brakes on the TX300i. A fuel tank that is 2.25 gallons versus a 2.0 that is like on the, two, the TC250. Obviously, it has e-start, direct inject, a kickstand. It has a 39-millimeter Del Toro or Orto. Don't really know how to say that. But a 39-millimeter throttle body. Not a carburetor. So weird. Super weird for me. I'm pouring straight super unleaded 91 octane in this thing the other day, and I'm like, oh, my God, am I fucking this thing up? But no. It has an oil tank uh, under the fuel tank that holds 700 cc's of specific, that's right, specific oil injector oil. That's what I call oil injector oil. <laughs> that's what I have written down here. Uh, you have to buy that specific oil and It'll last quite a long time. I went through six full tanks, almost six. Well, I'd say not full six, but almost six full tanks before the actual um, DI light came on. There is a DI light. When this thing gets low, it'll warn you. 
So if you guys have your head up your ass, most of the time I do, this light will come on and you can go like, oh shit, I need to put some oil in. Now, when that oil light comes on, don't freak out. Don't If you're in the middle of a ride, you can get through your day, but just know that the next time you put a tank of fuel in your TX or your TE, you will need to fill that 700cc canister up with specific oil injector oil. Okay? So just know that. I kind of freaked out. I was on a trail ride, and I was like, oh, shit. But it will last through the tank that you have. And chances are, if you're in the middle of nowhere and need a, a refuel to get back, it will accept another tank before it actually leaves. Um, and then you're just running straight fuel, uh, 91, and not have that mix in it. So don't freak out. Just know that you're going to have to put some oil in as soon as you can. So uh, it's not like you turn that light on, the light comes on, and you're going to go ride six more times. No, you're going to blow up your bike. So uh, make sure if that oil light comes on and you start your ride, you'll get through that ride. The next time you go out, make sure you put some oil in. And remember, remember, okay, it's not standard pre-mix oil. I know some of you guys are saying, yeah, man, I get it. All right, move it along. Dude, you have no idea the emails that I get. There are some special people out there that need to be reassured. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God, if only you guys knew. I'm going to do a show. I'm going to do a show on just the emails that I get. I, I feel like I need to do this, and I, maybe it's not the proper way to, to uh, handle it, but, man, you, I feel like it would be a good laugh for everyone out there, some of these emails that I get, because I laugh, I cry, I yell, because there's so many random people out there that just don't listen. How many times I said, don't Instagram me, don't DM me. I get DMs, questions. Hey, man, I need to know about this. Screw off, dude. Obviously, you ain't listening to my show because uh, you're DMing me questions. There's an email out everywhere in the world. If you just punched in Chris Kiefer's email, I'm sure it'd show up. So that is why I repeat myself on this show. Um, so again, six tanks. It's about the lifespan of that oil. Um, things that I've... Uh, I've kind of noticed that it has, the, it has a map switch on the handlebar. It's like an old-school map switch. It's not really like a digital one like uh, it is on the SXFs or the FCs. This is more like a little knob that you go to uh, Roman numeral 1 or Roman numeral 2. And each one has a – supposedly, you know, suppose it has a specific hard-hitting or aggressive or just smooth power. I tried it. I didn't really notice that much difference. To me, it's not that drastic. Yes, uh, one mode does have a little bit more hit, but it's nothing that you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. I ran it on standard mode, which is you know Roman numeral one on that knob, and uh, that seems to be the best overall feeling for me. So I stuck with that. All right, so I went out and... Uh, and my guy Dallas Dunn, he took some photos. He rode it a little bit. He seemed to really like it. I actually rode another one that uh, had the chance to ride, and I actually put uh, 160 miles on it, and um, not all in one setting. I would say I put more on it, but in a span of a week time, where I'm really honing in on settings and testing, and I have a you know an air pressure gauge with me. I have a pump. I have a flat blade. I have these things that I want to screw with. So the, about 160 miles total of testing. So this is my initial impression. Not really a durability 
podcast, which I'm going to let my guy Michael Allen handle. He loves off-road. He's more of an 70-30 uh, kind of rider, 70% moto, or 70% off-road and 30% moto. I am the opposite. I'm more, uh, <laughs> some of my buddies would be like, oh, you're 90-10. But I'm 80-20. I feel like I'm 80-20. I'm going to let him handle the off-road durability side of this bike. This is my initial impressions of what I feel like you guys would want for an off-road bike. I would not moto this bike myself. Yes, it's capable of doing that, but you will need stiffer suspension, okay? Even in the off-road world, this stuff is pretty soft. Um, and you need it somewhat soft, right? Because you got to pick up all that small shit on the trail, the roots, the things that the off-road riders hit at a slower speed. And it's not a uh, wide-open bomb run in the Heron Hounds, right? So... If I was going to be a hare and hound guy, I would stiffen this thing up a little bit. And I do have a setting for that here on this show. But if you're a moto guy, I would specifically go more towards a TC 250. I would not get a TX. Um, if you're a 70-30 guy like Michael Allen, this could work. This TX could work. But obviously, you're going to have to do a little bit of suspension tuning to be on the motocross track. And I would venture to say you're not on a main track. You're not hitting big kickers. You're not getting free shit. You're on the vet track with your buddies having a good time. And then you're going on long uh, trail rides, a.k.a. Spark Arrester. If you don't have one, you'll need one. Or racing the GNCCs, things like that. This is a uh, – I would try to stick to those disciplines as much as you can. And if you have a moto mind, I would stick to more of the moto side of things because here's a good rule of thumb for you guys out there listening to this. It's always easier to make a motorbike an off-road machine than having an off-road machine specific going back to a moto. These companies, such as Husqvarna, um, are really trying to cater to the 50-50 rider, right? 50 moto, 50 off-road, but it's never that way. It's more 80-20, 70-30. It's more geared towards one direction, and this TX is more geared towards off-road riding okay so just know that just like last year we talked about in this podcast with michael he was in studio with me this thing's not going to rev this thing's not going to rip your arms out of your socket it's not going to get you excited when you're riding it you're going to be like oh shit it feels a little bit rich when you're starting it up it takes some time to break in you might feel like it's a little sluggish this thing loves to be lugged it is like I've never ridden a two-stroke as four-stroke-ish as this TX300i. That has something to do, obviously, it's a 300. It's like a big board 250, so you know those things like to be lugged. And, of course, with this direct inject system that we're all experiencing with now, especially as older guys, we're not used to this, it gives us a unique feel that I've never really experienced before only the past couple years that I've really experienced this lugging ability from a two-stroke. You see guys like Cody Webb, Colton Hacker, these guys riding two-strokes more and more and more in these hard enduros because of the lugability that these direct inject bikes actually do. Um, I know Cody sometimes likes the carbureted version, but if we're a normal us, you know, mere mortal guys that you know actually ride dirt bikes and work for a living, unlike Cody, where he just rides all the time and just is unbelievable on a motorcycle. 
uh, this bike seems to fit that type of guy the best. So I was out on the trail uh, riding around, and there was a shaly, rocky, nasty. You can tell the rain did a number on it. There was a trail there at one time, and I had to get up. Uh, for shits and giggles, I brought a moto bike. That's right, a moto four-stroke machine. Um, just to see what it would do compared to this TX300i. Uh, don't tell anybody that we uh, didn't have the Spark restaurant, so don't don't tell the forest uh, agency that we uh, were out doing something illegally. But uh, didn't make it up on this hill on the four-stroke. Yeah, of course, I'm not that talented off-road. Um, I do know how to ride off-road, you know, somewhat. Got to ride a gear high. I understand you got to look ahead. There's things that are different riding off-road. But, man, I was like, shit. I'm bouncing all over hell trying to get up this hill, and I still couldn't make it. Thinking that I wasn't even going to get close on this 300, right, because I'm obviously way more comfortable on a four-stroke, I fucking cruised up this hill in second gear, lugging it. I mean, I'm barely on the throttle, and this thing has so much traction going up this hill that I make it. I look back down at my buddy, and I'm like, holy shit, man. I cannot believe this thing just made it up. And I, and I wish I would have had a video of something so I could actually attach that video to a post that I'll do about this bike. But, man, it was an eye-opener for me thinking that a two-stroke could have more rear-wheel traction than a four-stroke. Okay? Maybe it's me being naive. Maybe it's me being closed-minded. But this 300i TX uh, fit the bill to get up some of the sketchiness uh, that was my riding and the trail that I was riding on. So... Um, that was uh, the first slap in the face for me thinking, oh, wow, I don't need a lot of excitement to kind of do what I'm doing out here. Um, so how this engine builds RPMs, it's slow, it's smooth down low. There's not a lot of excitement. Again, if you're looking from bottom end and low end RPM response, look towards a TC, not a TX or a TE, Okay. Uh, the TX is similar to the TE in building those RPMs slowly, calculated, and then it has a mid-range that's kind of flat, and it has like a dip. You're like, huh, it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like I need a little bit more pulling power in third gear. Um, so, again, this bike likes to be lugged. It likes to be in the low RPM. It likes to just chug along. And then on top in it, it gets really flat. So I wanted to try a pipe on it to see if it helps, and it does. So if you guys are looking for a little bit of more of a, a to fill in that mid-range dip, Pro Circuit or FMF, I tried both at different times, and it does help mid-RPM response and that mid-range pulling power that you're looking for in second, third gears. Um, it's not a huge change. We're like, oh, wow, it's so crisp and clean now. That Lugability, that smoothness still is there on the bottom, but it just fills that gap in in the mid-range where you would want it to kind of have a little bit more mid-RPM response. And if you guys are wondering what mid-RPM response is, we talk about this on the show, low-end RPM response and bottom-end. Those are two completely different things. I see other media outlets talking about this, and they relate it to the same thing. It is not. Low-end RPM response is the crack of the throttle, just bop, initial. That's your seat-of-the-pants excitement feeling, right? Bottom-end is the delivery, the acceleration, the, the rolling the throttle on out of a corner or in a low-RPM situation, but not the crack of the throttle. 
Same thing with mid-RPM response. You're in the mid-range going up this hill like just what I was talking about, and I need to go pop over a rock really quick in second gear, mid-range, mid-throttle. That crack to get over that rock, that's mid-RPM response. That is where these aftermarket pipes are good, a little bit better than the stock one, okay? So even if you guys just throw a pipe on there and run a stock silencer, it's still going to help that mid-RPM response as well give you a little bit more pulling power up those hills in the mid-range so not really going to help you top end wise it still feels fairly flat on top end on this bike i am going to do a garage build with the guys over at oregonoldtimers.com um jimmy over there he has a 300 of a different color and we're going to build one and going to do a garage build over on racer x so that'll be up that'll be fun for you guys that uh, a little older you want to more off-road oriented bike we're going to do that but there's more mods on that garage build that i expect it should be more exciting a little bit more uh pulling power but this stock tx 300 is just you're not going to get a ton of top end out of it this is more of a tight technical lugging type of bike there's certain things you can do to it and modify to get it better but in stock form this is why i feel like this is more strictly off-road oriented because if this was a motocross track, I would need more RPM response, and I need some more pulling power. So um, rear-wheel traction is always at an optimum on this bike. Um, I like that. If you're a technical hard enduro rider, greasy, snotty, wet, slick conditions, this bike does this well. Um, moving on to the suspension side of things, it is soft. So I played around this for a little while. I'm trying to find a happy medium for you guys out there. And again, look, I'm 170 pounds. I know I'm probably not the target guy or rider for this bike. I'm sure some of you guys are heavier. So I tried to go a little bit firmer on these settings to see what it would do. And if I could get along with it, and hopefully you heavier guys, 180 to 210, would be able to um, at least get along with it in stock form. Um, I would say for me, I would try a heavier rear spring. If you're north of 190 pounds. And as far as the the air pressure on the fork, I went as much as 10 bar. That was too much. So I backed it down. I backed it down and went to a 9.94 bar. And then worked at the compression and the rebound side of the thing. And I decided to stick with a compression clicker of 9 to 10 out and a rebound between 10 and 11. That was the happy medium of me getting front-end feel, uh, some comfort, but yet when I can slam into something really hard or something unexpected on the trail, it had decent holdup. Again, as always, when we talk about WP and KTMs and Husqvarna's, these things take a while to break in, so don't expect it to have a ton of comfort until about uh, five, six hours. It takes a while to break in. Air forks are different animal when it comes to breaking in than a spring fork. Uh, yes, of course, I would love to have a spring fork. And that is a dumb question if you're going to email me and say, would you rather have a spring fork on this bike? Yes, yes, because it's offering more consistency. It's offering more front end traction. It's offering me more, um, I guess, a better dampening feel. 
But the Air Fork, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a piece of shit because it's not. I've done more work to the Air Fork. I've been riding the Air Fork more on my moto side of things, and I'm learning more about it, adapting to some things, um, finding out things that I like and and, uh, a little bit more than I did before. So when I was on the trail, you know, 160 or so miles, I found out that it doesn't change as much as I thought it would on longer trail rides. Although I am not pushing, I am not forcing uh, this thing to get super hot. I feel like this bike is more catered to riders that are slower, technical riders. So your suspension's not getting as hot as it would high-speed stuff where the, the shock and the, the forks are just moving really quickly and putting a lot of forces on them, right? This thing's not quite doing that. So it doesn't go up in air pressure as much. I like that. I found out relieved. I was really relieved because I'm like, ah, it didn't get that harsh over the span of three and a half hour of this trail ride. So 9.94 bar was the happy medium. Again, you guys can experiment with this. It does help. I don't go too drastic on the air pressure on this because then I just start deflecting. Even when I try to back out the compression, it still just doesn't move enough for me. This thing has to move in the stroke, right? It's a give and take. You want a little bit of a softer feel and have more compliancy, or do you want a stiffer, harsher feel and then have more holdup? So for me in the off-road racing world, I need a softer, plusher feeling. That 9.994 bar, 10 compression, a 10 to 11 on rebound, and have that fork height at the second line. You'll see it. There's the top of the cap, and then another line, you want it right there. On that next line. I consider that top of the cap line is line one. Second line after that, that's what I consider the second line. That's about five millimeters. That's what I would want. That's a good mix of stability, uh, cornering, um, easeability. So uh, second line is where it's at. Sag 104, rebound 13, low speed compression, 9 to 10 out. And high-speed compression, one and a half. I went a little bit stiffer on high-speed to give a little bit more hold-up on G-outs and things. So as you guys know, I always have a tendency to feel like my Austrian slash uh, gas gas, you know, KTMs, things. You know, I say Austrian because to me they all are. They just ride a little bit ass in low. I don't really mind it as much in the off-road world and trails and things, but... When I'm in tight situations, I go to sit down, I just feel like my front end is high on this bike. So I try to compensate a little bit with high-speed compression. So going to one and one-half out on high-speed helps that situation balance it out. And uh, that's a good, happy medium for me. Hey, thanks for listening. It's commercial time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the TX300i. Listen to these advertisements. Save yourself some money. Thanks, guys. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper 8 and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! 
Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com. I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com. Let's get into this t-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com. That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. ScreenPrintingDone.com. <laughs> you an older dude looking to race some races? Maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January. So check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? BloodLubricants.com, 1040. Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F. Every 10 hours, now I can go 15 hours. So, great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save self some money. Email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com if you have any questions about the oil. I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell. You got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is. They even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them, ride-engineering.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips? Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. KieferInkTesting, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding. 720-212-4685. You guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 
888-447-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon. PowerMotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. Email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit him up, powermotorsports.com. We're back. TX300i info right here. Here we go. Chassis otherwise, again, you will get a little bit of vibration through the bars. Change your bars. Go to a pro taper bar. Less vibration, more damping quality. Up to you what band. I'm a big Husqvarna stock band, 806 in the length. You can go to a Carmichael band, 806 in the length. But relatively low bar for my six-foot frame. It just works on this bike. I like that. Um, straight line stability is good. Um, obviously, I got it up. I don't know, 65, 70 mile an hour, hitting some chop and, and whoops, and it, it's fairly easy, and you get confidence in that bike. You don't feel like it's going to swap out or deflect when you have these suspension settings in there. So I'm pretty confident on the stability of this bike. Um, it does feel a little bit heavy with the bigger tank. Obviously, you're putting gas in there, and you have that little bit of oil, um, 700 cc's of the injector oil. Uh it just does feel a little bit heavy uh, at times. But again, I'm more used to the moto side of things. And I think some of that heaviness could be because of the engine is so smooth and doesn't have a lot of excitement. So you really got to pull up on the bars if you want to pivot. I know some of you off-road guys really like to do a pivot turn to get out of tight situations. Or you have to kind of uh, maneuver really quickly to get out of a line that you may not want to be in. But... In the overall scheme of the off-road world, I think weight is not that important. You need a little bit of weight to get stability. If you're an off-road guy, that's more important than, you know, flickability and having lightweight and all this fucking horsepower that all of us idiots, moto guys, want, right? So um, I wanted to mention just what I felt. I do feel like when I uh, maneuver right to left, um, and it's weird because I say this because I wrote this down oh, only when I went to right to left, I felt like it was kind of a little heavy feeling. When I went to left to right, it almost felt a little bit freer. It's super weird for me. I've had this, I've had that feeling on a motorbike before entering corners where one side felt lighter than the other. And I know it's not my technique because I'm fairly good on each side turning. Like I can turn well on each side. Um, that's something that the magazine editors back in the day used to say, man, you can bar drag on each side which is rare. Usually one guy has a, a side that's better than the other, but for me, I was good at both. So when I pick apart bikes and I do some production testing, I always you know, note side-to-side -side movement, and I always go from left to right to right to left, and I always have some differences, and uh, some of the engineers find that interesting. So uh, with this bike, I did find that a little bit interesting, that one side was a little bit slightly heavier than the other, but that's just me being me, and I'm very you know nitpicky and just really dissecting this bike. So I don't know if you guys will feel that, but it's something that I noted here on my notes that I wanted to tell you about. Um, after all was all said and done, this is a very fun bike for me to ride 
knowing what the conditions that I rode in. And who this who is this bike for? I think um, you're an older guy and you like to go ride with your buddies and you want to go race the occasional uh, GP or GNCC style. I would like that um, to happen more for the East Coast guys than the West Coast guys. I think this is more built for you Midwest to East Coast guys where you can lug it a little bit more. You're in a tighter area. And you can appreciate what this bike offers. Us faster West Coast guys out here, maybe we can't appreciate as much um, because it just simply doesn't rev out or pull that hard on top. This is more of a low-speed type of bike, um, and that's where it does its best work. Again, the best trait about this machine is how much rear-wheel traction this thing has for a two-stroke. It's amazing to me. I've ridden two... Two-stroke 250s, which you guys know I'm not a huge fan of two-strokes in general. Uh, it's just really difficult to ride. Uh, lights up the rear end. you got to be in the sweet spot in the, in, the, in the gearbox. And this TX has some leeway for you. You can be in third gear uh, when you should be in second, and it will allow that. It, it, it invites that almost. So um, for us lazier, heavier dudes that want to go on a fun trail ride, this bike... <laughs> To me, this bike is really, really good. I let my other uh, test rider, it's a little bit heavier than me, uh, ride around. He's more off-road eccentric, and he never really uh, does a lot for me, but I uh, just thought it was kind of nice to bring him out one day with me. And, uh, wow, he was uh, blown away how easy it was for him to ride, and he's pushing 200 pounds. So it pleased me, which I'm more moto-centric, and he's more off-road. We found it... Uh, to be simpatico, that's a great word for, for this right now, simpatico in the fact that uh, we both enjoyed it enough to be like, hey, I would love to ride this again, because that's my meter. I go do these tests, I relay these things to you, that's my meter. If you ever want to know if I like a bike a lot, ask me, would you ride this thing again? And I will say, mm, if I pause or I go, hmm. I'm not really into it. I'm not going to put that in my shop. I'm not going to go ride it. I'm going to give you guys the information on it and uh, tell you about it, and then I'm going to move it along. Uh, I would ride this thing again. I like riding this bike. It's fun to ride. It's comfortable to ride on long distances. I like going in tight areas. I'm not scared to get in those situations with this bike. So uh, I just think it's a, it's a fun all-around off-road machine, and uh, if I was more of that guy, I would look into a two-stroke. It's so weird for me to say that because I'm so not that guy on the moto side. So um, nice for uh, the Austrians to uh, cater to us off-road dudes that uh, just want to ride that and have a fun time in tighter areas. Because quite frankly, I'm not stoked when I go with my, uh, what, Cody, Gary Sutherland, and they let's just go down this canyon. Let's just go experiment and go down this canyon. I'm like, fuck you guys. I don't want to go down this canyon get stuck. You guys are gnarly dudes. I'm not. So I have more confidence in going to these experimental canyons with these dudes than I do with uh, other bikes that I've, I've ridden four strokes, 350s, 450s. I'm like, eh, you know, uh, XCFs. I'm like, no, it's just too big of a bike. I'm out. I'm down. I'm down with the TX300i going to some of these canyons. Yeah, I'm still going to suck. But it's going to uh, suck less in my mind with this bike. So um, fun bike to ride. If you guys want any other information on this machine, 
Um, you can email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com or durability side of things, wear parts, uh, modifications, michael at keyforinktesting.com. This is going to be handed off to him. He's going to do a couple races on this thing. He's going to ride it a shit ton. Uh, he hammers bikes pretty good on the off-road side. He climbs hills. He loves experimenting. He goes down these canyons. So he's a good guy for a durability test and what breaks and what how to fix it. And uh, Michael's a good off-road tester in that direction, way better than I am um, in the off-road racing world. So, uh, again, as always, we're here for you. Um, we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. And we're going to keep continuing to try and get these off-road tests up. Now that the moto side is slowing down a little bit, I have more time designated to off-road. Uh, it's still good off-road racing weather here in California. It's not hot. And um, so we're going to try to click off some of these off-road tests and get to the nuts and bolts on what each specific off-road machine is built for. Um, just like we did here at the TX300i. I feel like this guy right here that's going to buy this is going to be an older dude, has some money because it's $10,000 for this two-stroke, right? He wants to go lug it around. He wants to have friends with his, with his homies um, and just enjoy himself on a two-stroke and enjoy, uh, I guess, the lack of maintenance that is involved with this 300i. It's a two-stroke for one, easy to work on. It's direct inject. You don't got to buy premix, right? So... Yes, you still got to buy this special oil to put in, but you're not going through nearly as much as you are with premix. So that is a plus. Um, as always, a two-stroke is, over the long haul, is less expensive to upkeep than a four-stroke. It is lighter. Again, more confidence for me to go in these canyons. And uh, we're going to try to hone in on each specific bike, even these uh, 450 off-road machines that we're going to be doing here pretty soon. And I really wanted to do an off-road comparison some of it's because of COVID and the pandemic, it's tough to get all of these bikes at once to do a comparison because I kind of would like to do the ultimate off-road bike. Yep, I know what you're saying. I am on the West Coast, and maybe that's not the right thing to do, but it would be fun to get a wide variety of riders, and this was my thought, and I'm just sharing it with you guys. Uh, a wide variety of riders, sizes, abilities, and not a shootout because I don't like that term, but get different types of bike. Get this TX300i. Get a 450 XCF. Uh, get a 250 TE. Uh, get a YZ125X. All different sizes, colors, whatever. And see what is the ultimate off-road bike. Break it into categories. Fun factor, racing, break it into all these different categories, sizes of riders, and see what is the... Most fun to ride? What is the best um, one to, to race? Uh, what feels the best on tight trails? What has the most stability? Just break it all down. I think that would be fun for you off-road guys out there. Uh, we did some of this when I was that dirt rider, but never really to this magnitude. So I thought that was the idea. It's proven to be tougher because uh, of lack of machines that are out there to uh, give out to the media. Because motorcycling and off-road and motocross, bikes are so great. The sales are so great right now um, that it's tough for these manufacturers just to give up uh, a couple media bikes because they could sell them, right? So different times nowadays. So before, 
they would rely us <laughs> rely on us media guys to sell the product. Well, now they're selling it anyway. They don't fucking really need us to get it out there to the consumer, right? Because the consumer is buying it up anyway. It's crazy times. I was having this conversation with a guy uh, from a manufacturer the other day. I'm like, dude, it's weird because you would rely on us to test it, get the, the feedback out, right? And that would inspire someone to go purchase that machine. Well, you can't even fucking get the machines now because they're sold out anyway. So it's a weird thing going on right now. So I'm working on it. I uh, got a couple bikes in the queue right now. I'm going to work on to get a few more, and then we're going to try to do this comparison. Michael's going to head up, spearhead that whole thing, and I'm going to be involved in it. And we're going to sit down, and have a roundtable podcast um, with a few guys. I have four headphones here, so we'll have four guys in the studio, and we're going to bullshit about it. Should be fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, as always, support these advertisers who are on the show. They support us. They support you. They love the sport. They have great products. They wouldn't be on the show if they were pieces of shit. Trust me. Just got off the phone with some guy last week that wanted to be on the show, and I had to let him down softly about how I will uh, rather not take his money and uh, tarnish their name because, uh, just quite frankly, I don't, don't really believe in the product. So if they're on the show, they're good. Trust me. I appreciate you guys sticking around through all of this as well as any other things that you guys want to know about, um, relationships, <laughs> bikes, uh, parts, gear. Yes, that's coming. Shh. Uh, just hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. I'm happy to help. The door is cracked open. Just don't DM me. That door shut. Door shut completely. I'll be back on the Pulp MX show next Monday. That's right. First week of March. Going to be fun show. Uh, some new things to talk about with Steve. Can't wait to do that. And, of course, you see me at the track, hit me up. Come by. Say hi. Let's bullshit. Just met a few people yesterday. It's awesome. Love talking dirt bikes. Anything dirt bike related to you guys out there. And uh, thanks for joining me. And we'll be back next week, as always. Fun stuff here. See you guys later.